So the big question is this. How does a powerful, high-achieving woman who's successful in every part of her life, except with men, dating, and relationships, meet, attract, and create that healthy relationship that lasts with the right man? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Barry Price, and welcome to Her Dating and Relationship Secrets. Her Dating and Relationship Secret number 12. We're really getting rolling now. We're digging in. And I want to share with you something that was such an important awakening for me that radically changed my experiences with love and dating and relationships. You know, I may have mentioned at some point, if you know me and have followed me a bit, and for those who don't, that I was a real bookworm. I was the shy, nice, nerdy guy in high school. I also went to an all-boys school, so not a super large amount of opportunities for, um, you know, meeting and dating. But I was a high performer and successful when it came to academics and the, the things that I put my mind to. And I went through that school and then went off to college and specifically, you know, part of what I really wanted in that next stage or phase of my life was I've got all these other accomplishments. I'm doing really well. I'm like a top performer and everything, but I'm yearning for love. I want connection. So it became more of a priority. You know, I chose a school to go to where I knew there was really good balance and social life. And, you know, it was for some known as a party U. It used to be known as the University of Western Ontario. Now it's called Western University. I went to a place called Huron College at that, sort of a sub-college where uh, a lot of the private school kids would go. You know, in my background, I went to public school and private school. In a lot of ways, I'm a blend of a lot of things. I've kind of um, had the, the fortune to be balanced in a lot of different ways and have a lot of experiences. But at that point in my life, as I went to that college, um, university, my experience had been of someone who'd grown up mostly alone. My mom was either working or on a date a lot of the time. Um, and my sister, uh, nine and a half years older, right? From the time I was seven, eight years old, she was off and out of the house. So it was kind of like being an only child. So I've been lonely a lot and uh, found ways to amuse and connect with myself and go deep into books and learning. And, and that's part of why I was so successful at school. But once I got to college, I wanted a different kind of success. You know, and I was finally going to get my chance to get that need met for love and connection and somebody that would be around all the time. And, uh, and that's when I had what at the time I thought of as my first love. But really, uh, I was falling in love with falling in love. Right? It was more infatuation. But in that first year of college, there was a, a girl that I, I developed a massive uh, attraction to and a crush on. It was the kind of thing where if I saw her, it was like I almost kind of froze. And I was someone who could speak easily and express himself. But I just wanted her so badly and I kind of put her on a pedestal 
in a way. And so it made it too big, too much. Like she was too amazing. And, and I didn't even know what to do with all of it. And she was in our group of friends, you know, so there was some possibility there, but I just couldn't handle it. You know, it was like overwhelming to me, this, this idea. And it, it didn't work out because of the amount of pressure I was putting on it because of how, you know, the butterflies and the, the sound of swelling music would come up as she was in the room, you know. Basically, what was happening is when we would talk or she'd pay attention to me or the merest touch of her hand, you know, would just fill me with that kind of like that endorf endorphin rush of love. I don't know if you've ever had that. And if you haven't, stay on this path to success. You know, we'll, we'll help you experience a healthy version of that. But if you have had this, maybe earlier in your life or still sometimes get it with certain kinds of guys, then you also know that it can have an intensity that's more about infatuation or a craving. Or maybe you don't really have that awareness yet. And today we're going to help you kind of see that. But it, it wasn't working. It wasn't working because I just couldn't relax and be myself because it was just too big a deal. And I had a moment of clarity, probably five, six months into trying to get this thing to happen, but just being too intimidated by the overwhelming size and feelings of it all, that the only way this is going to work is, you know, if I, if I didn't really want her as much as I wanted her, if I didn't want her so badly, then this would actually work because then I would relax. Then there would be an ease to this. Then it would be easy for us to go out or go on a date or start, you know, exploring becoming a couple. But I wasn't in a place where I felt that, where I could just let go of how much I wanted her and wanted that to happen. The fantasy of the relationship that I could see being possible was so big. And it seemed like a cruel kind of irony. I remember being, being mad at God, literally. I was like, this is really cruel. This is unfair. I can have her as soon as I don't want her. But that was my kind of cynical, <laughs> wounded, a little pissed off and frustrated interpretation of it. The, the epiphany I was having was right. And it was all about non-attachment that it wasn't healthy for me to be putting so much power into her and, and needing to have her and becoming in a way dependent on this fantasy of what she would bring into my life and the feelings I got to have, almost like fairy tale romance type stuff. And I realized in that moment something that had a healthy truth in it that I have since used and when I got into this coaching to build the basis of what really does work, which is letting go of feeling like we need that person in order to feel the level of love and connection we're craving. To not feel that sense of intense craving and desire. That I know I'm okay with her or without her. I already feel all of the love and connection that I want and need. And that it's okay whether I'm with her or not with her. You know, you think about that in terms of success with well, your business. If you were talking to a potential client or collaboration in business, a joint venture partner, 
if you really came there attached to, I've got to have this person. Oh my God, there's nobody like this person. We've got to close this contract. There's a desperation in that. There's a, a needy dependency in it. And what I've found with successful women and the powerful women I coach is that in this framework, it's just so far out of the identity you have for yourselves. Like one client who's now getting engaged said to me when we began, I don't like the moment when I start to fall in love and I get needy. That's not me. I don't like acting needy. I see it as weak. But what's really happening there, it's not that it's bad to have needs. It was like when I began to put my life on hold, I didn't care as much about going to class and getting the A pluses. I, I didn't care about much of anything. She was occupying all of my thinking, all of my desire, all of my energy and motivation and emotions. And that became unhealthy for me. I stopped taking as good a care of myself. Maybe you can relate in relationships that have gotten in the way of you really meeting your needs so you could be your best at work, in your health, and in other areas. But that moment, that realization I had, like, I've got to let go of this. I was so depressed that it wasn't working. I was so attached to, to her as the source of something that I was craving. And then in that moment, I realized I've got to fill my own cup, as Anna said couple of episodes ago. The focus immediately became, right after that, instead of me getting depressed about it, and I mean, I was depressed, like I didn't want to come out of the room. There were friends bringing me food from the cafeteria type thing, right? Love, love has not happened for me. Life is a wasteland. What's the point? I was melodramatic, right? Like super romantic idealist and then melodramatic. Maybe you've had that, or maybe you have a, a less extreme version than I had at that age. But this was my first love, or what I thought was love. But I realized I've got to love myself. That's why I was so thirsty and, and desperate and craving and, and attached to her. It's why it was all so exaggerated and draining. So the focus immediately became Barry building himself. That was when I first became willing as uh, a person who, frankly, you know, didn't trust a lot of people. I trusted myself. I only wanted to do it all myself. High achiever, control freak. That was when I finally was like, I need to go to a therapist. So I went to this, you know, counseling services there on campus for the first time, vulnerable, letting someone else in to help me emotionally, sharing my truth emotionally, building myself emotionally. It's when I started working out seriously in a dedicated way doing self-loving things in every area. You know, we've talked about some of the external environments, like your body. We've mentioned internal, inner environments. This theme's gonna keep coming up. I didn't know the nine environments then, but it's what I was doing. I was dedicated to working on myself. And over that summer, it was the first time I didn't go back home for the summer during college. I stayed there just on my own, dedicated, to building all of my nine environments without knowing that's what they were called. That became the basis. That, that epiphany, that realization, this is about me. All of this isn't working because I'm making it all about her. So as we go through this success journey for you, so you don't have to settle for a guy that's less than you deserve or settle by being alone just to, to not have a unhealthy relationship. You don't have to settle for that. But first, we have to get you into this healthy, 
relationship with yourself. We're switching the focus from him or the guy, the guy you're with or the guy you want, to you. In that moment, my life changed. It set me on a completely different path that would then lead to my first girlfriend ever and onto this path into healthier and healthier relationships. And those things will come up as I share in future episodes. But today, I really, really wanted you to hear this massive turning point for me that can be a turning point for you when you really, really feel it in your bones because I want you to win. I want you to succeed in this area. You kick butt in every other area in your life. You deserve it here too. But I'm going to give you the paint by numbers because I've come from your side of the fence to where I am now, right? to being 17 years with Anna and, and healthier and happier than I've ever been. But it's been a bumpy road. So I'm going to help you through the bumps. But that first thing is, wow, the only way a healthy, loving relationship's ever going to work is once I'm not putting so much pressure on needing it. An interesting irony, isn't it? You get the job offer for the job you don't need, but you could do, right? It's a great fit. I don't need it, but I'd be great at it. So that's what we're talking about. That's how we're moving the center of power back into your control. This is about you and your success in dating and relationships. Thanks for joining us. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and also share this with anyone that you think it could help because I'm on a mission to help one million successful women have healthy, lasting relationships.